I thought you were dead. Why does everybody always think I'm dead? Candyman's home, babe. Ooh, my favorite drugs. What happened to the rest of our candy? <laughs> Funny story, our insurance don't cover what it used to, so I got half the drugs for twice the price. Well, 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 Twitter celebrity sighting, the West Side curmudgeon is here. I love him. He hates the things we hate and tweets about it. <laughs> Should I go over and fangirl out on him? Oh, I wouldn't. Okay, well, we're different. I know who you are. Okay. You're the West Side curmudgeon. It's not a secret, so you could stop talking like a drug dealer on a kid's show. And when my soul was in the lost and found, how you came along to claim it. I didn't know just what was wrong with me. Till your kiss helped me name it. Now I'm no longer doubtful of what I'm living for. And if I make you happy, I don't need to do more. Cause you make me feel, you make me feel, you make me feel like a natural woman. back to the latest edition of the Retro Room. The show is off to a bang, we hope, with great vintage stories of old TV, movies, and more from the entertainment of the past. Those were three clips from three shows that have been rebooted, revived, made whole again. That would be Roseanne, which is now the Connors, Will and Grace, and of course Murphy Brown. They've all come back this year in different forms, different ways, and different reactions. So we're going to talk about those and other reboots and revivals with our friend Mark Berman, he, of course, is editor and creator of ProgrammingInsider.com, also known as Mr. Television for his time at Media Week and other TV revival shows. So he's the man who knows what's going on TV. Let's talk to him right now. And hello, Mark Berman. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Joe? Good. Of course, uh, you have, you're a longtime TV uh, reporter, columnist, monitor. You, you keep up with all the uh, new shows. And old shows, of course, uh, full disclosure, Mark and I worked together at Nielsen when he was at Media Week and I was an editor and publisher, and uh, we found ourselves talking a lot about old TV shows and movies and, and reruns, and, and Mark, of course, you're a font of information about all of that. Uh, people may not know your nickname was Mr. TV, Mr. Television, um, and I right. think you'd be the per <laughs> perfect person to talk about. Uh, first of all, give a plug to your site is the TV Programming Insider. What's the web URL for people to check it's, it out? It's uh, programminginsider.com. And of course, you do a lot of real detailed industry information and ratings, but also great feature stories and breaking news. And uh, I follow you on Twitter and on Facebook. It's good stuff. So people should check that out. And you can get the Thank you, Joe. Well, Thank it's, you. it's good stuff. You're, uh, give your quick background. You, you, you started in television actually at Paramount years ago? Well, actually, I started in television 
I started in television. I won't give you the year. I don't want to scare anybody here, but I started in TV research. So I worked in a variety of different places, you know, crunching ratings and, and writing presentations. And one of the places I worked at was NBC, which I worked there in the mid-1990s. And ultimately, I went to Paramount and... I got my first job as a journalist at Media Week. So ultimately, I grew up, you know, and wanting to work in the business. And I had to figure out how am I going to do it? Because that's what I wanted to do. All I ever wanted to do was watch TV and do something with it. So I'm still doing it. It's been quite a number of years, but I still love television, and I always will. And I know your your face and, and opinions are, are often pop up on a lot of documentaries and, and a lot of these shows about certain TV shows and in the 80s, the 90s, some of these CNN uh, look back. Uh, and I think you have a real great insight into the old shows and the and the continued shows. And I know in a lot of these podcasts, and I'm hoping to make this podcast uh, you know, uh, interesting to folks who, who still talk about the old shows. And I'm on Facebook. One of my favorite, there's a great Facebook odd couple group that I go on. And it's both nostalgic and fun, but hilarious too, because people remember the great lines from those shows and moments. And then there's another one on MASH that I recently joined in with. I'm sure you know a lot of the other ones. And there are great podcasts on a lot of these shows. I'm trying to make this about a, a broad view of things. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is we are in the time of TV reboots, or revivals. Yeah. I just watched the mm-hmm. uh, the new Murphy Brown came back a few weeks ago. Of course, last year was Roseanne, which had its troubles, but is bouncing back as the Connors. There's been a Will and Grace reboot. There was a One Day at a Time reboot a few years ago. There was a Dallas reboot, and now there's Hawaii Five. What is with these? these reboots and revivals are they any good and are they just an easy way to make money bringing back a genre or are they not doing what the creators want why are we so well you know it's a it's a mixed bag joe but i think the one thing that you have to remember is this is nothing new i mean we've had reboots since the beginning of television it's been going on for decades um there was a show called life with riley with jackie gleason back in before he did the honeymooners before he did the jackie gleason show and i'm sorry it was the life of riley and it lasted one season and only lasted one season and ultimately jackie gleason went on to do you know everything else that he did but then it came back you look at a show like a candid camera way back when how many times is that been remade and then the show we just talked about the odd couple there's already been two remakes of that you know two sitcom remakes and so there's been three of them now sometimes they work sometimes they don't work you know if you look at a show like hawaii 5 all on cbs it's been on it's on friday night now it's in season nine had a very good run and you look at a show like Magnum P.I., which came back three weeks ago, and it's 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 floundering. Nobody's watching it. I'm sorry. Is that because the quality isn't good, or it's just not the right time or, or place? Plus, those are shows, I don't know if they're more of a revival than a reboot, having a, the same idea but with different actors. Right. Well, it's not Tom Selleck again. It's not uh, right. uh, the original actress. Whereas some of the other shows, like, like The Connors... And Murphy Brown and Will and Grace have the original act. You would right. Think- There's different versions. Yeah. There's different ways to look at that. I mean, you look at a show like The Twilight Zone, which is you know currently in the works for yet another revival. Really, I didn't even know. See, this is where we are. Yeah, revival. that everything's revival. And yeah, you, you know, Dallas came back for three yeah. seasons on TNT with some of the original cast members. So sometimes, yes. sometimes it's the original cast member. Sometimes it isn't. There's different ways to define what a reboot or a revival is. There's different. There's different ways to look at it. But here's the thing with Mac and P.I., and I'll tell you why it's not working. And I don't think it's the quality of the show. 
I believe it's misscheduled. It's airing Monday at 9 o'clock. It's airing out of two new comedies on CBS. It faces the voice and dancing with the stars. It's, a, it's not a good time period. And, you know, everybody talks about, you know, this whole area, era of watching TV when you want, where you want. Right. But leading still matters. Time period still matters. CBS made a mistake positioning it at 9 o'clock on Monday where ultimately the viewers are not going to find it. Now, a show like Hawaii Five All right now is sandwiched on Friday between MacGyver, which is another revival, and Blue Bloods, and it skews older, and it does very well. So a lot of it depends on where you position it and, you know, when you put it out. So for Magnum P.I., it just is not working, and I'm not necessarily sure I see a reversal on that. You know, so it really depends. Sometimes, you know, is it lazy to do? It could be considered lazy, but here's the thing, Joe. We're in an era of peak TV. At present, we're expecting over 500, 500 original scripted shows in one season. That's a lot of TV. That's a lot of content. So in order to stand out, I think what a lot of the broadcasters think is, oh, let's bring back a familiar concept. Viewers already know it. And they'll sample it. And sometimes they do, like Roseanne. It was the number one show last year, number one sitcom. It was enormous. You know what? It just resonated. Um, then you have Murphy Brown, which is back with the original cast members, with five of the original cast members, or four or four or five of them. And it's not doing that great. It's doing okay. It's not a blockbuster like Roseanne. So it really all depends. Like a show like Murphy Brown, CBS figured, you know, we're in, we're in a very tumultuous time politically. Let's bring back Murphy Brown. But here's what they don't realize. You know, the advertisers and broadcasters look to attract young viewers. They don't want older viewers. And the logical person that's going to watch Murphy Brown is somebody who watched the original. They're going to come back. They're going to sample it. I've watched the first two episodes. I think I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's bad either. So I don't think the broadcasters are being lazy. I think they're kind of thinking, let's bring it back because it's already proven. CBS was also talking about doing a new Cagney and Lacey with new actors in the role. So there's just a ton of this stuff out there, just a ton of it. It's not new. This is what TV is. It started way back when, and, you know, even in the 50s, we started having reboots. So we just have more of them now, and I think that's a reflection of so much content, so much of this that broadcasts to think that they'll get more eyeballs if it's a familiar concept, you know, and sometimes they will. Is it the idea that since there are so many more platforms now, you know, there were used to be, back when we were kids, you know, you had to network channels and that was it there was no uh, netflix there was there was no tnt right. there was no cw there was no syndicated independent right. tv really except the occasional now and then show obviously the uh, frost nixon debate was a was a special syndicated and of course wasn't it uh, mary hartman mary hartman was wasn't that the first real syndicated independent drama that was a comedy and that was from norman weir and that was it was interesting but that was not a network show. right it was it was that syndicated was, but it was a rare syndicated yeah. series at the time so you really had only the three networks now you have so many platforms is it that because there are so many platforms the reboots seem more prevalent but in reality the percentage is probably not that different and that's actually a true statement but again you know the thing about it is yeah if you look at it that way yes you look at let, let's talk about netflix for a second the netflix is known for doing some really cutting edge content that they made a name for themselves with a lot of interesting dramas and you know very cutting edge very different very unique very creative and then they decided we want to attract young viewers we want to get youngsters let's bring back full house 
So they right. made a fuller house. Suddenly, Candace Cameron Bray, she doesn't have a husband now. He's gone. And her sister moves in with her, her best friend, Timmy Gibbler. You have a new version of Full House called Fuller House, and it's done very well, done very well for Netflix. You have a show like Boy Meets World. You know, that ran on ABC on Friday night for seven years. As a matter of fact, I was just at Comic-Con last week, and I went to a Boy Meets World 25th anniversary panel. Well, Disney, they attract teens and, and tweens and kids and what have you. Let's bring it back as Girl Meets World. So that aired for three seasons. So as the years progress and there's more and more content and, you know, what have you, yes, you are seeing more of this. But if you put it all, if you put it all into perspective, if there was just now three networks and there wasn't any digital and there wasn't all this cable, you wouldn't have as many. Because it's not just the broadcast networks. Again, it's not just the broadcast networks. Twin Peaks came back, you know, on cable. That came back. It originally aired on ABC. There's a lot of television out there. There's a lot of TV. And I just think if you're going to do it, you need to do it for a reason. It can't just be, let's just do a new version of so-and-so and throw it against the wall. Let's see what happens. You have to do it for a reason. I understand why CBS tackled Mac and P.I. I get it. I don't think it's bad. You know, they have a nice-looking lead and a beautiful setting, and he's got a great car. So, yeah, they figured, you know, let's do it. We already did Hawaii Five-0. We already have MacGyver. Let's now do it with Magnum P.I. But there's other benchmarks, again, where you schedule it, how you promote it. You know, all these things you'll have to consider. But the moral of the story is revivals are not ending anytime soon. They never will. And the glut of this is going to just continue I mean, I'm expecting at some point to hear about a revival of Family Matters. If they did it for Full House, they could certainly do it. I mean, bring bring it back. Steve Urkel's now married to Laura. You know, I mean, there's so many different options to choose from. And again, some of them work and some of them don't work. It's just a question of how you do it, where you put it on, and why you're doing it. And you can't long, just do it for no reason. What what series? Uh, what uh, season is the new Fuller House in? I mean, the second season or third? Uh, four. No, they are four, in the four, four now. already. Now, that seemed to be an interesting show because my daughter, who's 17, was not around the first time, likes the show. And I think, isn't it a lot of it? It's cute kids. Wasn't that show always big on uh, the, oh, it's the same, kids? You know, and then they had when yeah. the original, when the uh, Michelle uh, character started to get older, they had uh, uh, John Stamos and Laura Laughlin's characters had twins. So we have some more cute kids. Yes. And now the new yes. cr- crowd is, is it sort of also you have the audience that maybe was younger when it first aired? when the kids were all teenagers and younger, now they're older, that people who were younger watching it are now older as well, but maybe of the new crowd, the new viewer, because they have cute kids and it's a similar kind of cutesy family approach. Um, and is it doing well? You said it was it was carrying its weight pretty well, considering, again, it's on Netflix. It's not on a major uh, outlet. The same formula. It works very well. Whereas I didn't understand, for example, and they didn't choose, they didn't choose it, but I'll mention it again. CBS was looking into a new version of Cagney and Lacey with new actors. And I thought to myself, why do you need to do, why does it have to be Cagney and Lacey? Why don't you, you know, what's the reasoning for that? I kind of got the Magnum P.I. thing, you know, it was a classic show, Tom Selleck. He does well on Blue Bloods for CBS. So I kind of got that. But they didn't choose it, so I guess they thought about that. But I, again, you really have to stop and think, am I doing you know, am I doing this for a reason? Now you have a show like The Brady Bunch, which we talked about in the office for hours on end. I love to talk about that show. How many spinoffs has that thing? Revivals, reboots. You know, I, my fear is at some point somebody's going to bring it back. And they were talking about it a couple of years ago. They were going to do a show focused on Bobby, the Bobby character, and he had his own family. 
And I thought to myself, don't do it. At this point, just let it go because, you know, they did the uh, Brady Bunch Hour. They did the Brady Brides, the Bradys. I'm thinking at some point they'll do it again with a whole new cast. At that point, it's just leave it. You know, you had something about the new – you're right. The interesting thing about the Brady Bunch is they had the uh, spinoffs. They had – first they had the the, uh, reunion shows. Then they had the Brady Bunch – the Brady, there was a Brady Bunch where they were all older that came off of one of the reunion shows. Then they had the Brady Brides yeah. where Marsh and Jan got married and lived together. And then I think they had at least one or two more reunion shows. And then there was a, then there was the Bradys where they were all grown up. And Bobby, you mentioned the Bobby character was a auto racer and ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, right. People forget with a young, uh, lesser known Martha Quinn of MTV, who I had a big crush yeah. on. She played his wife. I don't know. Did those yeah. two, I'm thinking the Brady's and the Brady Brides were actual shows. Did either of them do well or did they last a year or less? I always thought well, the Brady this is Brides what happened. did sort of, and the Brady Brides was different because it was set in a sitcom format with the live audience, yeah. uh, as I recall, whereas the Brady's was back in the old house with no live audience. Exactly. Laugh track or not. Did those do well? Well, what happened was, I'll, t- I'll give you the backstory. When, um, when, NBC was doing a TV movie where Marsha and Jan, played by the original actors, were getting married. Right. It was a Brady, a very and Brady wedding or a Brady bride TV movie, right? It was a TV movie, and then then they decided let's spin this off into a series. So they ended up doing four additional episodes. They took the movie and they spliced it into four episodes, and then they awarded. They did four more on top of that. They did eight in total. Um, no, it did not do well at all. It didn't do well. And, you know, it was, a, it was interesting because, you know, Marsha, Maureen McCormick, and Jan E. Flum were married, and, ooh, they were having sex, and that's all they focused on. And every time, you know, Marsha, and she married some goofy guy named Wally. Right. And then um, Alice would pop in, and Carol would pop in. Then what happened with the Bradys, well, they did a, a, a Christmas movie, a very a very – Brady Christmas, Correct. which was in the late 80s, was the top-rated TV movie of the year, so CBS decided, let's now do a series of made-for-television movies on the Brady. Ultimately, they decided at that point, instead of TV movies, let's do it as a series, we'll call it the Brady's, because at the time, there was 30-something, we'll make it a dramedy, and they'll have real-life problems, there won't be a laugh track. There was even one episode where the actress playing Marsha, who wasn't Maureen McCormick, she didn't come back for this. It was an actress named Lee Ayers, so she was fake Marsha. There was even an episode where fake Marsha had an alcohol problem. Right, I do remember. Which, I mean, Marsha? Oh, no. my God. And the uh, real actress, Maureen McCormick, didn't she later come out with some kind of addiction? Yeah, she had a yeah. drug problem, yes. So that's, yeah. that's kind of odd. So, I mean, but it's interesting. But it went, like, it went serious. It tried to be sort of... Uh, yes. A serious approach. Maybe in the... I, I compare it somewhat to... What Lou Grant became, he he went from Mary Tyler Moore as a comedy to Lou Grant, the somewhat. I mean, it wasn't a real serious show, but it was a, it was a drama, and the Lou Grant character got a little more serious. Uh, always had a little bit of the humor, though. That's a, but that's very unique in terms of your reboot. I mean, that wasn't really a reboot; it was a yes. spinoff, but a different kind of spinoff. That was a spinoff, right? But again, you know, and then you look at game shows, for example, um, Joe. Look at game shows. Game shows never end; they come back in revivals. I mean, yeah. Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. Um, yeah, people you know, family, Jeopardy. They keep coming back. Jeopardy did not begin with Alex Trebek. I remember when I was younger, the old Jeopardy, the sliding uh, windows to the questions, and it was a different yeah. host whose name escapes me, but that was a 60s show. Art Fleming. Art Fleming. Art Fleming. Art well, Fleming. He's, a, he's a famous name. Yeah. I should remember him better. But, yeah, but, you know, but again, yeah. so again but, but the point that the, the point 
the moral of the story is some things can work again. Some things have legs. Some things can work. But again, you have to do it for the right reason. If there's a reason to do this, then yeah, give it a shot. But is, that, mean, is, that, is that being lazy and not maybe just coming up with a new idea? Or can you not blame them if they say, look, we have a cast that remembers Cagney and Lacey, or I mean, an audience that remembers Cagney and Lacey, that remembers uh, some of these shows. And if we use that name, even though it's new actors, is that a fair way to get people in to watch? Or is that kind of lazy? Why not just start a new show? Like Cagney and Lacey. You could do a new show with with two women cops. And that show was different because didn't it, it came after things like Police Woman, where Angie Dickinson was this, you know, this sexy woman. She was happening. It was 70s. She was... Whereas Cagney and Lacey were kind of older, regular, regular women who also had regular problems and issues on their, you know, they weren't going out to the jet set every night like maybe an Angie Dickinson or some of these other glamorous actresses. They were kind of regular people, tough cops that had a little twist that way. But why not do a new version with just different people and a different name? Or is it fair to, to take that old name and, and get some mileage out of it? Well, it's, I'll give, before I answer, I'll give you a little bit of trivia on Cagney and Lacey. This is interesting. Cagney and Lacey, as you may recall, originally ran as a TV movie and yes. um, with a different actress playing uh, Cagney. And then they brought it back. Well, actually, it was a little Loretta Swit from MASH. That's correct. She did the movie. Then they made, it, they made it into a series. Loretta Swit could not leave MASH. They wouldn't let her out of a contract. So they brought another actress in, Meg Foster, and then ultimately CBS renewed it for a second season, but they recast, and that's when we got Sharon Gless. It ran for another season, and CBS canceled it. Well, suddenly the audience protested. They brought it back, and it lasted another, I believe, five seasons. And in the six seasons that Cagney and Lacey aired on CBS, every season, either Tyne Daly or Sharon Gless won the Emmy Award for Best Actress in a Drama. That was a show that wasn't just a crime drama. It was about these women. It was a drama about really, right. you know, one was married with children and one wasn't. I don't think, again, I don't think broadcasters are necessarily lazy. You know, you have to also remember, as the years pass, it's very, it, it's become more and more difficult to really be all that creative. It's hard not to redo something. It's hard to do a show where somebody's not going to look at it and say, oh, it reminds me of this or it reminds me of that. Again, I could see, like, if I'm, if I'm at Disney... And I'm thinking, what what kind of a show can I have that could really bring young kids in? Or even Netflix. I would think about Perfect Strangers. Why not? It was a big hit for ABC. Jaleel White was Steve Urkel. He goes down in the record books as being one of the most, you know, one of the classic TV characters. This whole era of geeks and, you know, all that. So, yeah, I could see that coming back. I think there's a reason. But you have to do it. Again, you have to be, you have to do it for a reason. I don't see it as being lazy, though. I just see it as being, you know, trying to beat the competition and get people to watch. But again, I think the best formula for attracting an audience has to always be, you know, being creative and doing it in a way where you're going to tap into what audiences want to watch. It's not easy to do. It's a very hard thing. I mean, this short season so far, it's been very disappointing. It's been very disappointing. And I'll give you an example of something that I think is working. And it was a smart idea. And it was reminiscent. To me, it's reminiscent of the Golden Girls. There's a show on Fox called The Cool Kids. Have you seen that? No, but I will. It's a really it's a funny thesis. It's on Friday nights out of Last Man Standing, which Fox brought back in another you know, a revival, year. Another revival, yeah. It. Another revival, What's the uh, which was a about? smart thing to do. It's about Vicki Lawrence works in like an old age home. It has three male characters that are kind of like the male version of the Golden Girls. 
And I think the standout is Leslie Jordan. It's just very, very funny. Martin Mull is in it. It's a very, very funny show, and it airs out of Last Man Standing, and it's giving Fox some traction on Friday nights, but it reminds me of the Golden Girls. So in that way, I'm happy to say that it reminds me of the Golden Girls instead of saying there's a new Golden Girls on. We don't need a new Golden Girls. We've been there. We've done that. This kind of taps into that, and I really like that. So you could take something that worked in the past. You could kind of reinvent it in a different format and that's kind of a way you should consider doing it now cool kids has only been on for two weeks it's gotten promising ratings you know fox is usually dead in the water on friday and i you know i foresee that you know lasting for them it was a very good idea because they took a formula something that worked they reinvented it they they did a different version of it i think it was very smart so i'm, a, I'm sorry i'm a fan of, of the of the uh of redoing it, but making it different. I would think that you talked about the Brady Bunch maybe coming back. If you had a Brady Bunch today, you could do it with a whole new cast and maybe make it a little more interesting, maybe make it a gay couple or make it an interracial couple or yeah. different different kinds of kids and get more modern. You know, you have so many things today that you didn't have, obviously, 40 years ago. You did, you know, cell phones and the internet and modern and issues. You know, the other thing about the Brady Bunch, and they used to make fun of it in the Brady Bunch movie and the very Brady sequel, which were really parodies that made fun of the show, that it was such a goody good show. You know, not, the worst thing that happened was Greg was caught smoking. You know, there was, Ooh, there was, yeah. yeah, there was smoking, there was uh, goofy uh, problems. And the thing about this show that always irked me is that we never heard about the uh, original parents. The boys had a mother, and the bo girls had a father. You don't hear a thing about them, and they would call the parents mom and dad. Now, you know, I uh, I have a stepmother who I love dearly, but I wouldn't call her mom because she's not my mom. She's my, I call her by her first name. You know, and I love her dearly. She's, she's a great friend, but my mother's still alive. Now, maybe if, if someone's a mother, and you've never heard a thing about the other parent, that they died or divorced. Why was that in... in it's amazing that it would go on like that. I found it very, very unusual and not, not real. So. It, it lasted five seasons, and when ABC renewed it, they would give it a 13-episode order. Then they'd extend it. They never gave it a full-season order until the end. It, you know, it was paired with the Partridge Family and Room 222 and the Odd Couple. Yeah. You know, it was a good night of television. It was innocent. It was an escape. And, you know, people love it. They absolutely love it. So at this point, you know, Roseanne was a situation where it blew through the roof. And it got, and the first ten episodes were great. They did great. It could have lasted for years on end if had you know Roseanne not done what she did. This could have been on the air for years, you know, for another whatever. Now we'll see what happens with the Connors, which in some ways is still a revival because they're keeping it alive. Which I think ABC did the right thing because I think there's enough interest in the characters to still watch it, and particularly that first episode, which is starting next Tuesday. Oh my God, you're going to probably get in the vicinity of twenty six, twenty seven million viewers. I mean, people want to see the Roseanne character dead. I'm telling you, they're going to watch. Then the question is, are they going to stick with it? I think they will. Not certainly not to the degree of sampling, but I think it's going to do okay. And we'll see what happens. Did they bring in someone to replace Roseanne? I'm not saying necessarily a new mother or Dan gets remarried or anything, but someone to kind of fill her crotchety, loudmouth way. Or do they kind of have the other characters grown enough where they can sort of fill in? And they can get a lot of mileage out of, out of having her die. Um, which we've already heard, that's how she departs. It's not like a big secret. Where you could deal with that, how does the family deal with it? If, if, does she die in some sad way, suicide, or, or is she killed, or is it just some goofy 
you know, uh, Chuckles the Clown uh, death, if you remember Mary Tyler Moore. No, I think they're uh, probably, I think they're probably going to, I think they're opening it up where she's already gone, and they're going to deal with Dan being, you know, single now. And, and, you know, look, if it lasts, if it survives, they'll deal with the fact that he's single. Jackie, you know, suddenly, you know, her sister's gone. And they're going to deal with their lives, how they move on. That's what they're going to deal with. And I think there's enough interest where people want to see the Dan Connor character. They want to see the Jackie character. They want to see the children. If they made it all about Darlene, which they really almost did in that yeah, first Yeah, there was a lot of Darlene I think, that, I think that's Correct. a mistake. That's a mistake. That's yeah. a mistake because... Darlene is too dark a character to carry a show. I think if they center it around John Goodman and they deal with his life suddenly being, you know, alone without his wife, I think then they have something. If they center it around Darlene, I think they're making a mistake. You know, and she's an executive producer, so she obviously give herself the lion's share of attention, but if they center it around John Goodman, I think they've got some. No, you look at shows like, for example, you look at a show like Lost. It's been off the air for years now. People still talk about it. They're still on social media discussing it. You know, so at some point, you know, look at Manifest. Manifest is really kind of a modern-day version of Lost. NBC took the premise and kind of, you know, kind of did their own version of it. And the other thing, I uh, and I'll let you go here. We're talking to Mark Berman, the creator and editor of TV programming insider and longtime Mr. Television expert. I have to get back to the Odd Couple. You talk about yeah, that was rebooted. We had the original Odd Couple, then you had the was it the new Odd Couple with the with the black yeah. uh, Oscar and Felix. Yeah. Then you had the female yeah. Odd Couple, and that was Rita Moreno and Sally Struthers on Broadway, right? Yeah. But didn't that become a TV show too? No, that no, wasn't a TV there show. wasn't a Only female been... Odd Couple on TV. No, okay. there was the Oddball Couple, which was a cartoon also. So there's always that... been interesting. Was that an Oscar and Felix, or was that? Yeah, that was an uh, at the Oddball. That was, um, I believe, that was two females in the Oddball couple. Oh, if I'm correct about that, I think it was. And then, of yeah, course, that the, was a cartoon. The more recent. No, I thought it, I didn't think it was a bad show, but it wasn't. No. And then they brought in Terry Hatcher, and well, you know, so, as usual, you know, we could talk a whole other show about jumping the shark, which I think we will. And if I could get the Jump the Shark uh, creator on, that'd be fun. When the uh, Felix character and his then-girlfriend hooked up, I think that's when the show started to go downhill. Uh, but that was also a Gary oh, Marshall and by the way, was involved in that, right? And when he died, they did a nice, yeah, Gary Marshall did a nice tribute to the him. Odd, the Oddball couple was a cartoon with a dog and a cat in those roles. Oh, that, that could be fun that was a car. That was a cartoon. Yeah. But I think at this point, as I said earlier, I think it's enough with the Odd Couple. We've yeah. seen it enough. It's enough. Move on something else already and i also um, thought the odd couple the latest revival did not have enough modern element to it you know i mean they the the premise was that feel that oscar was a sports talk radio guy and they, they didn't really play on that right. a lot they didn't play on a lot of things like the internet and emails and all these modern things we're dealing with which i think they could have and maybe that would have helped a little i thought some of the comedy was funny you're right thomas lennon was felix he was very funny a lot of it and I'm an odd couple nut, so I had to watch it at least for a while. But it, I don't think it played on a lot of newer themes that they could have um, no. that would have been interesting. Um, it reminds me of another revival in movies with uh, the taking of Pelham 123, which the original Pelham 123 was a great kind of goofy 70s part comedy, part drama. And they did the new version with John Travolta. That was very interesting because it used a lot of modern technology. John Travolta character in the subway had a had a laptop, so he was doing things online, he was following information online. They had very high-tech communication. It was a little too angry for me just in general, but I thought it 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 was very modernized and I thought it worked to a degree because of that. Whereas 
I think a lot of these shows, and it's somewhat Roseanne does some of that too, where they realize it's 2018, you know, it's not 1988 or whenever that show started. Well, you know, the one, the one, the one show that we have not discussed that really it does define revival is Star Trek, and that makes a lot of sense to tap into that. It's 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 kind of a, you know, it's 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 at a class of its own. There's nothing else like it on the air, but it works. If the CBS All Access, they needed a way to you know draw interest. It reminds me of way back when when you, when the old UPN launched, and they launched with uh, Star Trek Voyager, and it got them you know initial interest watched it they watched upn so yes if you do a revival or a reboot whatever you want to call it there's a there could be a built-in attraction but it doesn't mean people are going to stay with it well anyway exactly. i could go on and on and we will have you on again we will we always chat tv and uh interesting stuff but it's thank you again for uh, mark berman for coming my pleasure uh, onto our podcast we'll see you again and remember go to the tv programming insider to sign up for the newsletters i'll go on facebook so uh, i just want to joe let me just mention one please, thing it's, do it it's all. called program it's not TV. It's program. Just programming okay. insider. So okay. Just programming insider.com. So uh, right. thanks again. Okay. And, uh, we'll chat again. All right. Have a great day. You too. And that's all for this week's edition of the Retro Room. We'll be back next time with more talk of vintage TV, movies, and more. So thanks for listening, and check back next time.